Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Daydream and Listen podcast. My name is Krista. I hope that you guys are all doing wonderful and that you're having a great week so far. I just want to give a quick little apology on the front end here. If the audio in this episode does sound a bit different, maybe there's a bit of an echo, maybe you'll hear some sirens or my radiator going off, think of it as the ambient podcast episode. Um, Basically, I'm just too lazy to go off into my office and record and... Oh, and you can also hear the people in the hallway. Beautiful. Um, I'm too lazy to go off into my office and record, and I just kind of want to sit in the main area to record this episode, so bear with me, I guess. I don't think the noise will be unbearable. You'll still get to hear me and hopefully get my point across, Um, but yeah, just want to give a little disclaimer. So, I I was really debating on, you know, what do I want to talk about this week, And I've been trying to let my episode topics come more naturally. I feel like in the past, I'm not going to lie, I would kind of force episode topics. Like I would talk about something and I wasn't really feeling it that week. Um, It was something that I was passionate about and did want to speak about, but maybe I I wasn't feeling it that week. And now I'm just like... I don't care if I'm talking about something that's fashion related. I don't care if what I'm talking about is something more lifestyle related. I just want to talk about whatever it is I feel drawn to talk about that week. So one big thing that has just been really, really on my mind lately, and no surprise because every episode I find a way to talk about this, is relationships. And I am, for context, I'm a 24-year-old girl living in New York City. I am currently single, but, you know, I am dating about um, on Hinge, you know, doing the whole thing. And dating and relationships is just a huge part of my life because I am aspiring to be in a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship, as are my friends. And it's interesting, right now, majority of my friends are single, whereas I don't know however many months ago, they were all in relationships and I was the only one that was single. Um, And I'm not one of those people who, like, I wishes that everyone, like, if I'm single, everyone else has to be single. I want all of us to be in good relationships together, or if we are all single, that we're all doing well together. Um... But just interesting because now some more of my friends are also single. We, I feel like, have been having more conversations about relationships, about men. Um, Majority of my friends are straight or if they're bi, you know, they also like men too. Um, So we have conversations about men and just the current dating world and all of that. Um, It's interesting, a lot of my friends, I've learned many relationship things from them and from their own experiences, and a lot of them have had quite interesting experiences thus far, Um, but it's just something that's like always being discussed. It's kind of at the forefront of my mind a lot because it's something I care about and it's something that I deeply desire, so I figured why not just have an entire episode where I sort of like weigh in and just randomly talk about different bits of dating, and if you are too someone who you're in your 20s, maybe you're in your late teens, and 
see, this is the radiator thing I was talking about. Get used to this, guys. Um, if you are in your late teens or your 20s and you're kind of getting started with the whole dating thing or maybe you're, you've been single for a long time, you've never been in a relationship, I am hoping that this episode makes you feel less alone and that hopefully you will be like, okay, Krista's talking about these things. I've been feeling these things. Or Krista you know, is sharing her experience about this thing. So I know to watch out for this in the future. So that's sort of my aim with this episode. But before I get into all of that, I guess I will just share some random life updates. I don't feel like there are too many. There's like a few things that I'm like, ooh, I would love to talk about this. Okay, so today actually, I've been enjoying my long weekend. And today I was just cooped up at home and I was watching a new movie. I have like a movie bucket list type of thing in my notes app, and I just listed out a ton of movies that are either like cult classics that I've never seen or just like movies that I've heard people talk about, and they're like, I think you'd like this. You should watch this. So I watched this movie. It's called Before Sunrise. It's on HBO Max. It might be on other streaming platforms, but I found it on there, and I had heard people talk about this movie online maybe like a couple months ago and it's a romance genre movie oh my god this might be one of my new favorite movies i mean favorite all-time favorite is la la land it's gonna be hard to beat that but this is up there with some of my other favorite movies because this movie was just so incredible i do like romance movies i don't like like super gushy like nicholas sparks you're gonna be sobbing your eyes out like i don't really like that but the dialogue in before sunrise was just so good it felt so natural i literally felt like i was on a date with these people like i was just watching their date or like i was third wheeling on this date and the plot is it's really interesting it's such a cute story it Honestly, like, I want to say it's relatable, but, like, I feel like a lot of people desire to have a similar experience to the one that's being portrayed in this movie. Um, It's a quick movie. It, like, honestly, I shouldn't say it's quick. It doesn't feel too long. It doesn't feel too short. It's just right. It's, like, an hour and 40 minutes. Highly recommend you watching it. I would give it a 9.5 out of 10. That's how high I rank this movie. I love the female character her name is celine i don't recall her act like her real name um in real life but i love her character so much the guy the the guy love interest um his name is jesse slash james you'll understand the movie um he for the most part was pretty good there were just some times in the movie where i was like you're kind of being a dick. Like, I'm not going to lie. And she calls him out for that. But like, there are just sometimes when I was like, this guy just, I wouldn't go on a date with him, you know? But there are really cute moments that, you know, he exhibits or cute moments between them. So I definitely recommend you watching it. It made me feel all the feels. It was just so good. Um. Okay, next thing. Little personal update. So lately i have just been learning so much more about like cycle syncing and if you're not familiar with what that is it's basically like syncing your 
like the food that you eat if you do any type of like physical exercise physical movement the life that you live like you know when you're going to sleep when you're waking up all that kind of stuff according to which stage of your cycle you are in so you know we all know that people have periods but there are more than just the menstrual the menstrual stage of your cycle there are four stages of your cycle so I have been trying to learn more about each of the different stages of your cycle and trying to sync the other aspects of my life in accordance to those, to like whatever stage I'm in Um, because I'm trying to just like get more in tune with my hormones and catering to them, making sure that they are not out of whack so that things like acne or just like my emotional well-being or me feeling fatigued, not having a lot of energy, um, that I'm more in sync with that and more in tune with that so that, you know, I'm not feeling as scattered and confused. So I started to learn more about this because I was watching like some YouTube videos, people talking about this. I even saw some TikToks of people giving like quick little breakdowns of the different phases that your body goes into. Um, But I recently downloaded this app. It's called 28 Wellness. I'm generally just trying to get better at tracking my cycle. And I know some people talk about like there are some not so great aspects of using a period tracking app because that data can get sold to big corporations and it can be used for some not so great things. But I've heard people speak pretty positively about 28 Wellness. It is this app where you can like track your cycle, but it also, it's designed for cycle syncing. So you can see which phase you're in and it'll offer tips and um, just more insight into how you should be living during that phase to better your hormones. Um, so I just downloaded it and I'm trying to like learn more about it. I know there are some books um, that I think I might buy just to like keep reading more about this because it is something that's fascinating to me. But yeah, if you two are, I don't know what your for you page is like, or if you've been hearing people talk about cycle syncing and you're kind of on the fence or you're like a little curious about it, um, maybe check it out. Um, but yeah, that's currently what I've been into. I'm trying to think if there's been anything else. Um, oh, oh my God. I completely forgot. This is a big update that happened this past week. So this past week I tried salmon or I should just say fish in general for the first time in seven years. So on last week's episode, I did share how I take fish oil vitamins now. Um, but I did buy salmon at the grocery store and I cooked it for the first time and oh my gosh i was so excited and nervous i made a tiktok like documenting the experience so if you want to go watch that um i think my handle is just krista yeah krista.camp it's the same as my instagram but anyways the entire time i was just like i don't know if i'm doing this right i feel like i'm doing something wrong i did find out that i bought smoked salmon which typically like you don't have to um like it you can just eat it as is like out of the packaging throw it on a bagel just you know whatever um 
but I was just, I don't know. I saw it at the store and I was like, oh, salmon, you know, I can throw this in a skillet and cook it that way with like olive oil, spices, whatnot. And it was really good. I cooked it and I probably cooked it to what would be like well done if it were a burger. Um, but it was really good. I had it with some grains and some avocado and some other vegetables and it was really, really yummy. Um, I was pleasantly surprised because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like the fishy taste um, and like if it's going to smell bad or whatnot, but it was so yummy. Like I was very pleasantly surprised by it. So I'm thinking that going forward, I will maybe try like a filet um, instead of smoked salmon. Um, and yeah, who knows where my fish journey, my seafood journey will take me. Um, but yeah, so that's my other little life update. But that's pretty much everything. Now, I guess we should just go ahead and get into the topic of just relationships, dating, men, all of that jazz. Okay, so I honestly don't even know where to begin with this because I feel like I have some bits of advice that I could share, like things that I've learned or had to learn recently. And they're basically things that I wish I would have learned a lot sooner, that someone would have told me a lot sooner. Um, or just really drilled into my brain a lot sooner. So I guess I'll start off with that and we'll just see where things sort of divulge. Um, but one revelation that I've had a lot lately is not feeling this pressure or this like anxiousness surrounding being approved by men. So for example, um, I started to do this thing and I'm not proud of it because I feel like I've spoken out against this before, but you know, sometimes it's hard to take your own medicine. I found myself at one point, um, you know, I would be getting ready to go on dates with guys and I would be planning an outfit for the date. And then I would be like, well, I feel like this is too much, like too extra. Let me doll this down. And I kept finding myself dolling down outfits because I was like, I don't want to scare the guy away. I don't want to come off as too extra or I don't want him to find me weird. And to me, that is just utter BS. For example, I had, I was going on this date with this guy and we were going to be outside for like somewhat of the date and I have this yellow fuzzy coat. It's so beautiful. It's like this gorgeous butter yellow color and it's very fuzzy and just beautiful. So I was going to wear that with like a black turtleneck underneath and these really nice black trousers and my platform Mary Janes and I was like, no, I can't wear the yellow. Like, it's too much. It's too loud. So I ended up changing and I just wore like a trench coat. I mean, I looked fabulous regardless. But it was just a moment like that where I was like, okay, like literally, if that man would have had a problem with me wearing that yellow coat, that is his loss. That is his problem, not my problem. I should not be having to conform my outfit to make him feel comfortable or make him not weirded out by me like if he is truly weirded out by a yellow coat then he has bigger problems at hand because seriously 
Um, and then I found myself in this situation again when I was going to be going on a date with this other guy. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but like I was talking to this guy and he just gave me big hater energy like he reminded me of a high school boy i feel like high school boys would literally just hate on everything that you would be interested in like one of this this guy told me this not i didn't ask him but this guy told me that one of his big red flags was when a girl says it's giving or period or slay or things like that like he just finds that annoying and i was like that is one of your red flags what like to me my red flags are when you don't know how to communicate when you are um emotionally immature (laughs) not you saying slay or it's giving like why does that bother you that much to where it's a red flag just saying but anyway so this guy he was like that type where he was kind of just a hater like anything i would bring up he would kind of just be a hater about it and so I was like, oh, if I'm going on a date with this guy, then I need to wear just like all black. I need to wear neutrals. I can't wear color. I can't wear bright, um, you know, crazy patterns. I can't wear anything I normally would wear. Like I can't wear all pink because I know this guy is just going to hate on it. And ended up not going on the date with him because I realized I was like, um, this hater is not worth my time. But that was sort of like the realization for me where I was like, I am done doing this. If a guy cannot accept my personal style and is going to be a hater about it, then like I don't want to be with him. I want someone who supports that and encourages that. And I'm not saying you need to dress similar similar to me or you also need to have, you know, these like kind of out there extra outfits but you can respect me and you can realize that this is something that I'm into and not be turned off by it, you know? It's like the whole like dressing for the male gaze. I realize like, like not to quote Taylor Swift, but like I don't dress for men. I don't dress for women. I am just dressing for myself. I'm channeling my own aesthetic. Like my own personal style is just what I'm going after. I know the things that I like And if a guy has a problem with me wearing ribbons in my hair or pink, then like, bye-bye. I just have to say this, that dressing exactly how you want to on a date can help boost so much confidence. Um, And hopefully I can get to this point and maybe hopefully you can get to this point too if you're not already there, that you don't need someone else's validation. Um for what you're wearing to make you feel good about what you're wearing like you are confident enough in your own outfit your own personal style that you will feel good wearing it regardless of if anybody gives you a compliment i know that sounds so silly but like i still struggle with that but i just have to say i went on this date with this one guy and we were um we went out to eat and I was wearing basically all pink. Like my outfit was just, it was a lot of pink. It was such, oh my gosh, the outfit slayed, okay? The outfit slayed. And the I, there were two people who worked at the restaurant that we were at who pulled, not pulled me aside, but they like came over to me and gave me a compliment about my outfit. And it was so sweet. And it just like gave me this little added 
boost of confidence on the date. Um, funny enough, my date himself did not compliment the outfit. Like he didn't say anything about it. So whatever. But anyways, so big, big picture here that if you are someone who's into fashion, if you have like your own sense of personal style or you're trying to find that and you're also dating at the same time, truly, please do not take into consideration what will my date think of this outfit? You know, obviously like I'm going to the date clothed. I'm not showing up in my underwear. Like I'm not doing something crazy like that, but going forward, I'm not trying to doll down an outfit just for the sake of pleasing a man honestly like that one famous quote by coco chanel where she's like before you leave the house like take off one piece of jewelry or take off one accessory or something like that i fully go against that i fully disagree with her um i'm i'm not even a maximalist but it's this sort of ideology that like before you leave the house like you need to doll yourself down a little bit more water yourself down i am very much so against that also, Coco Chanel had ties to the Nazis, so, like, why would we agree with her? Like, why would we, you know? Anyways, why would we follow anything she's saying? Um, I'm not a Chanel hater. I need to specify that. I like Chanel, but Coco Chanel herself, she's a bit problematic. Anyways, but, yeah, so that is, like, tip number one, life lesson number one that I've really been having to learn a lot lately. So, the next thing I want to talk about is this whole thing of um just having to be patient for the quote right person to come around i think this is a major thing that people in their 20s um struggle with i feel like it's something i've struggled with for a while now is just like waiting for the right guy to show up or like our paths to cross or something like that um and not settling for just some random guy. I heard someone say the other day, they were saying like, don't settle for the worst, wait for the best. And I have just really like, oh my gosh, being patient is not a virtue that I possess. And I think I've said this before. It is so hard for me to be patient. I think because I have a lot of goals and aspirations and I'm a very like forward thinking person and so the idea of me having to wait for this dream man <laughs> to come along it's very hard and it's very frustrating but I think one thing that I've gotten really comfortable um trying to process and realize is number one you have to separate yourself from the rest of society like we live in this beautiful society where it is just like the default that you are in a relationship. It is like being in a relationship, having a boyfriend, having a girlfriend, having a partner, being married is just such a default thing that if you're not chasing after that or you don't possess that, people automatically assume that there's something wrong with you or that you're lacking something, you're missing out on something, you're not fully complete. And here's the thing, I, like I said at the top of the episode, I desire to be in a happy, healthy, committed relationship. I'm not someone who's like, I want to be single forever. So I have to like detach society's, you know, uh, like chokehold on you need to be in a relationship, otherwise you have this void in your life. Um, and I've been trying to become so much more content with being alone and just being more content with loneliness and not afraid of loneliness because I think 
being present in your loneliness I think can be very powerful you can learn so much about yourself you can really be super in tune with who you are as a person when you're present with like when you are just fully alone you can be so much more in tune with yeah you know what I've spent a lot of time by myself and I actually like this thing I actually don't like this thing when I um you know feeling down this is how I like to be comforted or this is how I would like to be comforted this is how I process these emotions um these are things that really make me mad like you learn so much more about yourself and maybe you knew these things beforehand but by really really being present with your loneliness and being by yourself I feel like you just become super super in tune like you know yourself like in and out so that when you do eventually be um get into a relationship you're not having to like question these things like you know your standard you know what you want you know things that you like you know things that you don't like and I feel like it's just going to make things so much more fluid and easy also a big thing that I've had to realize for myself is honestly like when I think about it and I'm not trying to sound super conceited here but like I do genuinely love myself like I just I love that I have hyper specific interests that I have the the hobbies that I like like I just I love it I love that I embrace who I am and here's the thing I rather be single and be like fully content with who I am as a person and waiting for the right person than just settling for some Joe Schmo just to say that I have a boyfriend or you know I rather be getting married later on in life because that means I'm getting married to a person who I am actually compatible with and can spend the rest of my life with versus just getting married for the sake of getting married to like some guy who's nice but like we might get divorced in like 10 years like you know what I mean I know I'm sounding very extreme and I'm giving these like hyperbolic situations but I just I think by spelling it out like that it makes me so much more comfortable like yeah I do like myself and I've learned to love certain aspects of myself and I've also learned to be very vulnerable with myself and call myself out when I'm like "Mm, this isn't a really good trait or this isn't really a good habit that we're um that we are forming let's unpack this let's work on this let's get better in this I think a lot of times being single gets portrayed as like this negative thing that you're unhappy because you're single and that being in a relationship is going to be that thing that fulfills you in life when I don't think that's the case. I also think too that a lot of things that society typically reserves for couples, like you can do those things by yourself. You can do those things while you're single. Like as corny as it may seem, taking yourself out on a date, I think that's really fun. Like normalize or get used to going to dinner by yourself i know it's very scary and it's definitely easier said than done to like go and sit in a restaurant and be like table for one um or you know maybe you can start out with like going out somewhere picking up food to go and then going home and having it you know a night in by yourself or taking it somewhere and having it by yourself but if there are certain activities like i've i've been trying to get in the habit of challenging this like if I think of a cute activity where I'm like oh I would love to do this like if I was dating 
um, somebody like I would love to do this for a date this would be such a cute date idea but then I think to myself why can't I do that by myself why can't I do this as a solo date thing you know like what's hindering this for example and you might like laugh or scoff at this because like truly it is so ingrained in our society that certain activities people think you have to do them with another person otherwise it's weird and frankly I don't think it's weird at all that is how comfortable I've been trying to get with being alone number one going to the movies if there is a movie that I really want to go see and I want to go see in theaters I don't see any problem with going to the movies like you're literally in the dark quiet the entire time like if you were to be going on a date to the movie you're not talking with that person during the movie most likely like you're sitting there in silence so why does it matter if you're with someone or not another thing concerts now maybe concerts aren't people's go-to for like a early on date or whatever but it's something that i feel like society typically says like you need to be doing this with someone else it's weird if you go by yourself babe you better believe i'm going and seeing beyonce by myself i will be getting floor tickets and I will be going by myself and I will be having the time of my life by myself and that's not me trying to isolate myself from other people I just don't know anyone else who is as big of a Beyonce fan as me and I'll be having a phenomenal time because I love Beyonce and I'm not going to hold myself back just because another person isn't there with me other things like buying yourself flowers oh my god I I'm just thinking of Miley Cyrus's new song. But like doing all of these things, like buying yourself flowers, taking yourself to dinner. If you are thinking to yourself, oh, I wish a guy were doing this for me or I wish I could be doing this with a guy. I encourage you to challenge that mindset and be like, why can't I do this alone? Like even I thought of this cute date idea. And if you are in a relationship, feel free to do this. If you're single, you can also do this too. Um, So I know it's like kind of, corny and whatnot but i don't care i'm a cheesy hopeless romantic person i'm 24 okay and i don't care um so recently i saw build-a-bear like build-a-bear workshop posted this thing on their instagram i don't follow them i just saw it on twitter because it was like kind of trendy where they were sort of poking fun at Hailey bieber for wearing a nepo baby t-shirt and they have this like pink frog build-a-bear and they were sort of poking fun like they had a nepo baby t-shirt on one of the pink frogs and they were poking fun of it and like sort of making a meme out of it and i was talking to one of my friends and she was like i want to go with my boyfriend to build a bear and build one of these frogs i think they're so cute and i was like oh my god that would be such a fun date idea like you guys go and you guys can make either like matching bears or you each pick out your own bear do the whole thing but you do it in like an ironic way i i'm very into like doing ironic things like i love the rainforest cafe in an ironic way i get it it's corny it's cheesy but i love it in an ironic way same thing with like going to build a bear as a 24 year old and building a bear but i think if you've been dating this person for a while it could be cute like you guys have your own bears it's just like a fun little memory and you can make it like a fun jokey time like you guys kind of making fun of the process of building your own bear you can name them funny things pick them out like funny weird outfits or whatever 
have fun with it, tailor it to your sense of humor, but stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that, but I don't have a boyfriend. And I'm like, mm, you know, it would be kind of iconic if I just showed up to Build Bear Workshop by myself, made myself a bear one afternoon. And I guarantee you, like, yeah, I would feel nervous at first because, again, society, like, projects that you should be doing all of these things with someone else that it's weird to be doing stuff on your own but I think after a little while after I would get over the awkwardness I'd be like wait this is kind of iconic like I'm I'm hamming this up I'm having so much fun I'm making my own bear or like you better believe that when I'm in a relationship I'm gonna be taking my boyfriend to the American Girl doll store and we're like go get slosh at the American Girl doll cafe or you know go by yourself go walk around the American Girl Cafe and have a drink, or not the cafe, go walk around the American Girl doll store and then go to the cafe and have a drink by yourself. That sounds very iconic to me, like, just saying. But you know what I mean, like, obviously do things that you're interested in, do things that are within your, um, within your uh, comfort zone. But yeah, I just, I would encourage you all, like, get more comfortable with being alone, doing things while you're single. Like, don't feel like you need to deprive yourself just because you are single. You can still just have as much fun. And especially considering that like Valentine's Day is coming up. Valentine's Day is probably my favorite holiday. I say it's like neck and neck with Christmas, but like when I really think about it, it's my favorite holiday. And Part of it is just the overall aesthetic of Valentine's Day. Like, I think if there were a Krista holiday, it would have the same look and aesthetic of Valentine's Day. Pink, hearts, um, teddy bears, ribbons, red. Like, that. that is me. That Roses, like, that is me, you know? But anyways, so especially with, like, Valentine's Day coming up, don't feel like you can't enjoy the holiday just because you're not in a relationship. The holiday is just about love. And again, I don't want to sound cheesy, but like the whole self-love thing, like I think it's so important to have a good relationship with yourself, to learn ways, new ways that you can love yourself, show yourself love, day-to-day situations, form a better relationship with yourself, become more in tune with yourself so that, you know, when the time does come for you to be in a relationship, Things are just going to flow easier. Things are going to be more succinct. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is... um, I'm really going to try to like keep it together. Next thing I'm going to talk about is men. So I... Okay. I don't know if it makes sense for me to um, compare these things together. But I feel like I've had to really like deconstruct a lot of things with men how i view men how i interact with men things that i expect of men um all of that in a similar way that i've had to deconstruct a lot of stuff with my faith now please be prepared there will probably be an episode where i talk about my deconstruction journey and reconstruction journey of my christianity Um, and you know, what it was like growing up Christian and all of that kind of stuff. I feel like I've been on a similar journey with that, um, with men that I've been on with, um, deconstructing my faith. And I say that because I got to this point where with 
deconstructing my faith, I kept seeing a lot of content that people were showing like extremist, extreme, um, like Christian nationalists and just very, very crazy loud people. Um, I mean loud in a metaphorical way. Um, and they were just, just being the absolute worst examples of Christ and just, just doing these awful things. And it would frustrate me so much. I would like get into fits of rage. Like I would be so angry and upset, even though like everything they were saying and doing, I already knew existed. I had already like unpacked that. I'd already worked through that. I'd already acknowledged it. It was just like the continual reminder was just making me very, very negative. I was like in this constant perpetual state of negativity to the point where like I was struggling to go to church services because I was just being reminded of the crazy extremist Christians and I know there's a lot of them. I'm not trying to downplay that, but like, you know, and I feel like I was starting to get to the same place with men where like there are so many awful men, like the Andrew Tates of the world and just men who are huge, huge misogynists and perpetuate toxic masculinity and the patriarchy and whatnot. And I would just like see TikToks talking about this or YouTube videos and whatnot. And I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I fully acknowledge that men feel this way and that there are a lot of men who are pushing for these beliefs. I acknowledge that this problem exists, but I like, I have to do what's best for my mental health and I have to not consume as much of this content because it'll make me so unbelievably furious and I will not want to speak to men. I will not want to go on dates with men and I don't want to get to that point. I understand that a lot of men are trash. A lot of men do really awful things and have a lot of growth and a lot that they need to work on, but I also acknowledge that not all men are like that. I know it's hard to believe when it seems like a lot and the majority of people suck, but like not all men are like that. I'm not trying to be a misandrist over here. So just want to put that out there before I get into all of this stuff. Um, But one big revelation that I've had recently, and I've had to like unpack a lot of toxic masculinity or just like be exposed to a lot of toxic masculinity and just be like, no, 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 no. This is like... I'm acknowledging that this is bad. This is not good. This is not something that I should turn a blind eye to, or this is not something that I should accept in my life. And one thing that I, um, I had this revelation the other day and I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because I don't know, I feel like it's true is I feel like oftentimes growing up, I've always heard men and women say this, that, um, you know, a woman, women are more emotional or women are too emotional that they can't, like a woman is too emotional, she couldn't be the president. Have you heard something like that before? I feel like that's like a common thing people would say. Or women can't be in these high levels of executive power at like a company because they're just too emotional. Men are more logical, women are too emotional. Or they're just like more emotional beings. And I was thinking about this and I was like, Hold on. First of all, let's unpack that the way that people are, like the connotation that people are 
using when they're making this statement is that emotions are a bad thing, that emotions are not a good quality to possess, or that like having emotions or being an emotional being, it is going to take away from your performance. When emotions are so incredibly natural, having emotions, being an emotional person is so natural. Every human, no matter what their sex is or you know who they are, everyone has emotions okay it's almost like they say that like men don't have emotions when they make that comparison that like well women are more emotional so you're saying men don't have emotions or they don't have as many like what's what what point are you trying to make okay so that's thing number one they sort of phrase it as if like having emotions is bad which newsflash it's not second of all i don't think that that's true i don't think that this statement that women are more emotional I don't think it's true. What I do believe to be true is that women are better at articulating and expressing their emotions. Men do not do that hardly ever. And, you know, we see this all the time. I remember like from an early age hearing this. Granted, I have three sisters. I don't have any brothers, but classmates of mine, I would hear this of like, boys don't cry. Toughen up. Be a man. You know, you can't show emotion you need to be strong, you need to be brave, you need to be fearless, you can't cry, you can't be vulnerable. And I don't think men would deny that that's true. Like they, they've they all heard that. This is something like our culture preaches to so many people, um, to so many men. When I feel like by them hearing that from such an early age, they are being taught or coerced to believe that like you need to suppress your emotions. You can't express them. You can't articulate them. Or by you articulating them, what does that look like? That looks like you putting a hole in the wall when you're mad and you need to let out your feelings. You, you know, you hurt something. You hurt somebody. And I'm not saying this is the case all the time, but like let's make this little comparison here. Let's say I come home from school one day and I'm really stressed and I just have a lot going on and I'm, or I'm mad about something. Like someone mistreated me, someone did me wrong or something unfair happened to me. I'm really mad. Most likely what I would do and what I feel like most women would do, and also I'm saying this in a heteronormative way because this is just my own lived experience, but anyways, um, I would probably vent. I would talk through my feelings with somebody or even by myself because I'm comfortable with doing that. And most likely it would lead to me crying. If I'm feeling so much passion and frustration, it would come out with tears. My go-to instinct is would not be to punch a hole in the wall, to stomp around, to like hurt somebody, to want to fight somebody. Like it would not that would not be my go-to instinct. But I feel like it's almost like become a meme that like when you have a teenage boy, you have to like patch up holes in his wall because that is how he expresses his anger or that's how he expresses his emotion. He puts a hole in the wall. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to like make a blanket statement that all young men do this, but that's just like a very common example that like we have been conditioned to express our emotions in completely different ways. Men's tend to be more physical, often more violent. Like even look at domestic violence. Like if you are in a relationship and you're like it's a um, 
heterosexual relationship and you're married or even if you're not married um and you're having an argument women will tend to use their words more and if a man is really mad like maybe he would go towards physical violence domestic violence and again i'm not saying like this is the case all the time but i'm just saying that i feel like men need to really learn how to articulate their emotions and not feel like they can't express their emotions and here's the thing that's so sad and depressing about patriarchy and toxic masculinity is it does not help anybody it doesn't help anybody some men might think that it's benefiting them because like oh we're strong and tough but like at the end of the day you're suppressing something that's natural you're not and you're not allowing yourself to feel natural emotions you're telling yourself that i can't cry i need to be tough i need to mask this feeling i need to ignore this or i need to like redirect this emotion into something else and that that doesn't help anybody it doesn't make men look better it doesn't help women because we sometimes are the um like we have to bear you not being able to articulate your emotions or you not having any type of emotional intelligence. Um, So yeah, that's just something I've been unpacking lately is that, you know, this whole idea of like women are more emotional. And I'm like, "Mm, no, not the case. If anything, I think we're both very emotional beings. It's just we know how to articulate our emotions in a more effective way or we are more comfortable expressing our emotions than men are. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not foolproof. Maybe people could make a fair and valid argument against that, but it's just something that I've noticed with my own life, with my own lived experience that the way I've seen men express anything that is an emotion, it's not, it it usually doesn't work all that well. I feel like men need to become more emotionally intelligent, use their words, um, and, Here's the thing too, is I hope that in 2023 and the years to come that men realize there is nothing wrong with being vulnerable. If anything, vulnerability in my eyes is appreciated. I like it and I think it's attractive when a guy can be vulnerable. I'm not a fan of the guys who are like, you know you you can't cry in front of your girlfriend because she's gonna think you're weak or you can't cry in front of your guy friends because they're gonna call you names or you know think of you less of a man like all of this stuff is so toxic and stale and disgusting again who is this helping it's literally helping nobody at all because believe me if i'm in a relationship with a guy and he is not wanting to be emotionally vulnerable with me that's not making my life easier it sure as all heck isn't making his life easier too so i don't know just saying but all of that to say emotional intelligence is a huge huge thing to definitely be looking out for when you are talking to a guy when you're getting to know a guy it's something to pick up on you know we talk a lot about like mental health and guys who are um like guys who are more in tune with their mental health and are aware of it that is great um along with that how is their emotional well-being are they in tune with their emotions are they 
um, mature with processing their emotions and um, just becoming more emotionally mature. That is the mental and emotional components are huge things to factor. Um, I think it's going to make their life easier, your life easier, your relationship so much better if you guys can be on the same wavelength as that. Because believe me, you don't want to get into a relationship not having paid attention to this guy's emotional well-being and realize that he's so emotionally immature. He's not in tune with his emotions at all. And, you know, it causing you a lot of strain and heartache down the road. And I think it's one thing that I'm really trying to work on is just continuing to be more and more open-minded. I understand that like obviously nobody's perfect and no one shows up to any stage of their life like fully 100% worked through ready to go. I'm not expecting my future boyfriend to be like fully 100% perfect like the most emotionally intelligent, emotionally mature person ever, the most mentally mature person ever. Like I'm not expecting that at all because I know it's unrealistic but if you are just at zero, like your levels are at zero for both mental and emotional maturity, definitely not interested in that. So like I'm trying to be open-minded when it comes to those things because like through relationships, you can grow and work on things together. You can help bring out the best in people. Um, I kind of think about this with my own friendships. One of my best friends, I am so unbelievably grateful to have her in my life. And I feel like I was a pretty mentally and emotionally mature person before I met her. But through our friendship, I feel like she has helped me grow in so many ways. I don't think that was her plan or I don't even know if she realizes that she's helped me. But through our connection and the type of friendship that we have, she's helped me grow a lot. And I know that when you are in a romantic relationship with someone, you guys can grow together. So just want to just wanna clarify, you know, I'm not expecting these people or these men to be like, you know, absolutely perfect the day I meet them. People grow, change, and evolve, and you need to be open-minded for that. Okay, this other... Um, since I was just talking about one of my best friends, this sort of goes back to the whole like loneliness thing and being comfortable with being lonely. The other night I had this realization and of course it brought me to tears. Um, and I'm gonna try to not cry just so like, you know, you don't, the audio isn't any more worse than it probably is. You know, I'm fine with crying on the podcast, but just so you can hear me, I'll try to hold back my tears. Um, So I had this like epiphany about loneliness with my romantic relationships and how I've made it through some lonely periods in my life. And I, um, well, let me just start off by saying this. Okay. So in middle school and high school, all throughout middle school and high school, I really struggled with friendships. Um, I would say starting off from seventh grade, so, you know, age of 13, all the way to 18. So, for those five years or so, I was 
I, I really didn't have friends. I didn't really have friends at school. And I'm not trying to say this to be like, oh, what was me? Everyone, you know, break out a tiny vinyl, violin for me. But I'm just like being honest. I really didn't have friends. In high school, I had one singular friend. And if I'm being honest, our friendship wasn't even that strong. Our friendship was super surface level. We would talk about school. We would complain about school. We would talk about makeup and we would gossip. And that was it. Our friendship wasn't really that deep. Hence why it didn't last, but it's okay. Um, But yeah, so I remember from 13 onward, um, I was just so unbelievably lonely when it came to friendship. All I wanted was just one good friend, like a really good, solid friendship with somebody. And if I'm being fully vulnerable, like I would cry. I would cry myself to sleep because I saw classmates of mine going and doing fun stuff with their friends on the weekend, going to sporting events like football games or basketball games or whatnot with their friends, um, you know, hanging out with friends at school dances. And I was very thankful I had my siblings. We were all very close in age, so they were kind of like my built-in friends. But I wanted something more than that, you know? Like, no shade to my sisters. I love them all and so grateful for them. But I wanted, like, an actual friend. Someone in my classes, like, someone I could, like, go hang out with after school, have all these memories with. And I would just cry and I would pray and be like, God, I just want, like, one friend, please. I want one good, solid friend. Where, like, it's an actual, genuine friendship. It's not us just, like gossiping or complaining about things like I want it to be a real friendship and so because things were the way they were I went to a very small school and I basically went to school with the same kids from kindergarten all the way through my senior year of high school so you know there wasn't really much change with the people I was seeing every day but when I went to college um first few weeks of my freshman year through a friend of a friend, or I'm sorry, through one of my friends, I met someone who I consider to be my best friend to this day. Um, like she is basically my best friend. And see, this is where I'm trying not to cry. And I, I've had a lot of epiphanies about my relationship with her and realizing like, she is the person that I so desperately wished I would have had back then. Now, I'm glad our paths crossed when they did. I met, I'm glad I met her when I was in college versus when I was in middle school and high school. But I was like, this is it. Th- like, not to be cheesy, but I'm like, she's the answer to my prayers. Like, she's the friend that I've longed for, for forever. She's the friend that we FaceTime each other for seven hours on end because we can talk about literally anything. We can talk about surface level stuff. We can talk about the most deep, complex things and just build off of each other. Like we're we're different in some capacity, but we're very similar in that we have a lot of similar interests. We can talk forever and ever and ever about similar things we've had similar upbringings so we can relate to each other really really well like she that's why i'm like she is like basically my best friend and so i had this realization where i was like you know what i don't care that it took five years i am happy that she is in my life right now 
Like I made it through those five years and yeah, it sucked. Like it sucked during that time, hated it. But that's in the past. I made it through that. I did it. I made it through. And now I have her in my life. Now our situation is a little bit different. Like we basically have a long distance friendship. She lives in the a different end of the country than I do. Um, but we are, we talk every single day and I just feel like we're going to have a friendship that lasts a very, very, very long time. And I just think about that way when it comes to a boyfriend or like a future husband, I'm like, okay, I don't care if it takes five years. Like I want it to be the right person. I feel like with my best friend, like she is the right person. I couldn't imagine anyone else. Like I, I feel like she is what I asked for and more in a friendship. Um, and I just want, I believe the same thing is going to happen to me when it comes to a romantic relationship. I don't know if it'll take five weeks, five months, five years. All I know is that I'm trying to become more content with being patient because I've seen it happen with my friendship. Like, like I said, it sucked those five years. I feel like I tried to make the most of it. I made it through. And now that I have her in my life, like I, I don't feel that loneliness when it comes to friendship. I know that like I could literally call her right now and she would pick up and we could just talk about literally anything. And just our friendship continues to grow and flourish like week after week. And I also, one thing that I struggle with is feeling doubts about, um, you know, I feel like I have high standards for myself, but when I think, when I really think about it, they're not that high. Um, A lot of them are like basic human decency and but some things like I want I want my future boyfriend or my future husband he and I to have a similar outlook on faith he and I to have a similar outlook on politics and social issues and things like that and there's a part of me that's like I don't know I feel like that's asking too much but then I had to remind myself I was like "Mm, my best friend and I we like she and I get each other on those levels so If it's possible for my friend and I to be able to be so succinct when it comes to stuff like that, I think it is possible for me and my future boyfriend or husband to be succinct on those levels too. I really don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. If I've already met a best friend who is like this, I I guarantee I can meet my future significant other who is like that as well. I wouldn't have that desire and I wouldn't have that want if it weren't possible. You know, it's not like I'm saying like, well, I need him to look this hyper specific way and he needs to be from here and he needs to be making X amount of dollars. Like those things I feel like are asking, like, I don't know, they're not as realistic as me being like, yeah, I want us to have shared values on things. I want us to have a similar outlook to the world and certain, certain aspects. I want us to have a similar outlook on those matters. Um, but yeah, so all of that to say, hopefully that can give you some comfort if you're also struggling being like, 
okay, I'm 20, however many years old, I've never been in a relationship or I've been single for this long or my views on things have changed and I just don't feel like it's possible for me to find a guy, like the type of guy that I'm looking for. Believe me, I felt the exact same way when it came to a friendship and my expectations were fully exceeded. They were met and then exceeded. And I am trying to have that same same faith when it comes to the future boyfriend and the future spouse that like I have these expectations and I feel like they are going to be met and then exceeded like you know like my best friend and I like I never thought that we would have certain things in common or like I never expected me and a best friend to have these things in common but we do and then some and I feel the same thing with future boyfriend, future husband. So just want to put that out there. I know it's hard to like be very trusting and really just be like, I hope this works out. We're just going to wait and see. We're just going to, you know, just trust the process. It's so hard to do that, but I'm trying to comfort myself and be like, you've seen these things work out before in other areas of your life. Who's to say that they're not going to work out in this romantic relationship area of your life? Like, who's to say it's not possible, you know? I think one last thing I want to talk about is I, I think I mentioned it on last week's episode talking about how I've been trying to become more securely attached with dating um, and just like guys that I'm talking to. I feel like I've always had anxious attachment style issues. Um, Maybe I didn't like recognize them back then, but I feel like for me, I've always been very anxious about making sure that a guy liked me or just nervous that like he would all of a sudden not like me um because for me growing up I often dealt with you know I would have a crush on a guy but then I would find out he liked my my friend or like my classmate instead or um he would like my sister (laughs) instead of me like these things happened and but then whenever a guy did like me I was like oh my gosh like like imagine me being like I need to cling on to this guy and never let him go because the feeling of being rejected or the feeling of being like othered or like looked aside it sucks and I didn't want to feel that anymore and so now that I'm getting a taste of oh wait this guy who I like likes me back oh my gosh like I could never let this guy out of my sight I was dealing with that in my childhood and in my teenage years and I feel like just now I'm starting to become more comfortable with rejection and I mean it's hard it's it's something that I feel like I'm always going to have to work on is you're never going to please everybody not everyone is going to like you and that's okay you're not made to be appealing to every single person um it's a tough pill to swallow for some of us out here but like it's true and when it comes to guys especially I feel like for women a lot of times like if a guy doesn't like us we internalize it and we we think there's something wrong with me like I need to change something about myself or like what is it that like is wrong with me that he wouldn't like me meanwhile it could just be like 
I don't know. Like he just wasn't feeling this, like he wasn't feeling the connection or he, he's looking for something different. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with you as a person. It's just like, he just isn't interested. Does that make sense? Um, and I think there was a brief period of my life where I was like, I need to change the way that I look. And still, honestly, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I still sometimes struggle with this where I'm like, I need to look a certain way in order to be appealing to a guy. And like, if I see someone who's really, really pretty and they're getting a lot of attention from guys, they're painted as like this it girl. I'm like, well, what do they have that I don't have? how can I change myself to look more like them? Because I think once I start to look like them more, then I will be more appealing to a wider array of guys. That is so stupid and so unbelievably dumb. Because when you really think about it, I want a guy who is going to like my appearance and like my personality for who they are. I don't want him to like this like persona, fake version of me. I don't want him him to like the cosplay version of me. I want him to like Krista for who she is. And I know it sounds so cheesy, but like it's true. And I think that I've become more secure by um by kind of surrendering to that ideology where I'm no longer dependent on like if a guy like if a guy ghosts me or if a guy doesn't match with me on hinge or if you know a guy rejects me or something like that i need to stop being like well what is it about me that i need to change there's something wrong with me clearly if this guy doesn't want to match with me or if like there's a reason why he ghosted me i'm not enough like he could also like it's on him too you know you need to really consider that but anyways um so I'm trying to like be more secure and have this mindset that like, okay, let's let's just uh, give a hypothetical scenario. Let's say there's a guy that I see on Hinge, his profile comes up and I'm like, oh, pretty cute. He's checking off all these boxes. Seems like this could be good. I'll give him a like or maybe I'll comment on something or whatever with hopes that we'll match and see where things go. The second I send that like or that comment or whatever and his profile goes away and it's just the waiting game of like, will he match with me or will he not? I need to be fully content with myself that like, okay, we just wait and see. If he doesn't match with me and I basically get rejected, that's okay. There is nothing wrong with... Like, I don't need to change anything just because this guy rejected me. Or if I'm talking to a guy and all of a sudden he ghosts me. Or, like, if we're going to go on a date and he, he stands me up, nothing wrong. Like, I need to be secure with that. Or if a guy starts to, like, take forever to text. Or he's starting to be, like, a little flaky, a little bit distant. I need to be secure in who I am and not be like, I need to chase after him or I need to, you know, make sure that every message I send is super witty and funny and every picture I put out is like super hot and like, I need to make sure everything is just absolutely perfect because if I, you know, maybe what I say isn't like super, super groundbreaking, super, isn't super funny. I'm not like a full on stand up comedian whenever we're on our date or like, I don't look like a Victoria's Secret model on the date. I like 
put all of that those garbage what if scenarios aside if this guy is like "Mm, you know what like in his dumb brain if he's like "Mm, you know what i'm not interested in her anymore or like "Mm, i'm gonna ghost her i'm not gonna go on this date with her that is on him i do not want to be in a relationship with a guy who does not like me for me if i'm talking to a guy and he's like i like blondes i actually like brunettes better I'm not going to go dye my hair. Like, I'd be like, okay, I, I'm going to be, I want to be with someone who likes red hair. Or if he's like, I know I'm just saying physical features, but if he's like, I don't know, I like a girl who is, who works in a more analytical job. I don't know what guy's saying this, but like, since I work in a creative job, I'm not going to feel ashamed for working in fashion. Or if, oh, here's an example. So on my Hinge profile or on Hinge profiles, you can list what your astrological sign is. It, they now have it as a feature. So I have on mine Virgo because I'm not like a horoscope reading astrology girl. I just know my big three and that's about it. I think it's cool to like talk about it as it pertains to your personality, but like that's it. I'm not like, you know, letting it dictate my life. Okay. But anyways, So by me having that there, if a guy looks at my profile and he's like, oh, she has her astrology sign listed. I don't like girls who like astrology. I'm not going to conform and be like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I need to like take that off my profile to appeal to that guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing all of these things, feeling anxious. Like I need to, you know, change these things about my personality or I need to like, you know, dance monkey dance in order to keep this guy's attention because I don't want to lose him. It's so dumb. Like, you should just be existing as your most 100% authentic self. And if they can't handle it and they don't like that, then that's on them. I'm not trying to be like, his loss. But like, it's kind of true. Like, you are an amazing person as is. You shouldn't feel like there's something inadequate with you just because this guy is being a jerk and he's being flaky. Or he's not communicating and he's ghosting you. Or if he's saying something like, I like brunettes and I'm a redhead. Or I like girls who have brown eyes and my eyes are green blue. Like, you know, I'm not going to like lose sleep overnight because I'm like, oh, he didn't text me back. Like, it's probably because my text wasn't like funny enough or I like didn't ask a more like thought provoking question or whatever. If he is not sold on whatever you're sending out and like you being your most authentic 100% you self, then that's okay babe like get content with that get become secure with that i'm i'm trying to become secure in who i am and i only want to attract people who are into me and, and are into that most authentic version of myself if i'm talking to a guy and he's like i hate beyonce or like i say to him like yeah beyonce is my favorite music artist and he's like i can't stand her i hate her music hate her voice don't think she's great i'm not all of a sudden gonna be like yeah you know what i don't think she's all that i think so and so is cooler i'm not gonna downplay that stuff just to like appeal to a guy i'm not bending over backwards and like altering my personality just to appeal to them this kind of ties ties back to the whole outfit thing that i was mentioning earlier but i think part of me becoming more securely attached is just being content with like If this guy, for whatever reason, becomes uninterested 
or you know i say something and he's like oh like he had the idea of chris krista in his head and the reality like who i truly am isn't matching up with the idea that he created that's okay like i don't want to just be chasing after a man just for his approval of me and like bending over backwards and conforming to whatever idea he's chasing after i hope he finds that somewhere else but like i'm content in who i am as a person i don't need to be like you know stressing if he's taking five hours or not five hours if he's taking five business days to respond to a text i know that i don't appreciate that and i want someone who wants to communicate with me and isn't going to be flaky and all that kind of stuff you know what i mean i feel like i'm making like six different disjointed points all at once hopefully what i'm saying is making sense but yeah i i'm also i think i mentioned this i'm also reading the book attached and so far it's really really great um and it's helping me learn more about anxious attachment styles as well as avoided attachment styles and I'm learning about like what it means to have a secured attachment style and I'm trying like that's my goal I'm trying to get there and I feel like I'm honestly at a good place and one of the big things that's helped me with that is um number one like I said like not conforming or feeling like I need to alter myself just to appease another man but also not falling for the idea of a man and coming up with this like fake version of him I know people like what is it in Outer Banks? She was like, you don't love me, Hopper. What's his name? Not Hopper. Topper. There we go. She's like, you love the idea of me. Like, whatever she says. But it's true that like for some of us delusional girlies, like I can make a fake scenario like no other. Like I am the queen of coming up with fake scenarios in my brain. And sometimes they can be used for good and sometimes they can be used for bad. But I am like the queen of, I can come up with a fake scenario, like meet a guy, start talking to him, we have good conversations, maybe we have a good first or second date, and then all of a sudden in my brain, you know, we're married and living a happy life and, you know, whatever. I think that stopping yourself and getting in the habit of not doing that really helps me be secured. I am only focusing on the reality, on what I really know about this man and what he's showing me and not like this idea. Like I'm taking some little bit of information that he shared with me and I'm running with it and filling in all these blanks that I don't know yet about him. I think it's great to like assume the best about people and see things and see scenarios with a glass half full, but I think there comes a point when you need to be realistic and stop falling for like the idea of this man you need to be paying attention to like what is the reality of this man because like there is a clear distinction between your fantasies and your realities when it comes to guys that you're talking to or guys that you're dating and i've made the mistake many of times of falling for the idea of a man and whenever you wake up one day and you realize that like oh the reality of this man is completely different from the fantasy that I had conjured up in my brain. And I know this is going to sound like kind of silly, but I want to try to give like a practical piece of advice for how you can get over um, 
you know, not falling for the idea of a guy that you're talking to or a guy that you're seeing. I don't know if this is like, if this is what like a therapist would recommend, but it's been working for me. So I'm just going to say this, try it out. If it works for you, cool. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. I'm not claiming to like be an expert with this stuff, but I have this fake man in my head. Give him whatever name you want. Just let it not be the name of the guy you're currently seeing. Fake man in your head. If you are someone who falls asleep at night and you come up with fake scenarios in your brain of you and your future boyfriend, your dream husband, whatever, no shame. It happens to the best of us. The best of us do it. No shame at all. If you do that, do not be fantasizing about the guy that you are currently talking to. Instead, fantasize about this fake man. Come up with this fake man in your head. Pretend like you're talking to another man at the same time that you're talking to this other, this real guy. And you will be projecting what you really want out of your future boyfriend, future spouse. That's basically just what you're doing. You're projecting onto a fake person. So it helps you not get it helps you to not come up with these fake unrealistic or not unrealistic these like fake scenarios on a real person like there's no harm no foul you're thinking of you're coming up with these fake scenarios on a fake person does that make sense so it's not altering your actual reality you just have this like fake little guy in your head and sometimes i do that and it's helped me tremendously Like if I'm talking to a guy, I all of a sudden do not experience the same, like, you know, I'm falling for the idea of him. I'm not doing that anymore because if I want to like fantasize, if I want to have my little daydream, if I want to like come up with my little fake scenario, I'm projecting on this fake man, this guy who just doesn't exist. He only exists in my dreams. He only exists in these fake scenarios that I'm coming up with. I acknowledge the fakeness about them because I feel like whenever I was trying to come up with scenarios, like fake scenarios with guys that were real and guys that I was actually talking to, I would like misconstrue fantasy with reality. But because I am distinguishing in my brain that like this man that I am imagining right now is fake. I've never met him before. It helps my brain be like, well, this is a completely separate man from like the real guy that we're talking to. You know what I mean? So if you're currently, let's let's say you're currently talking to a guy and his name is Joe, okay? You're going on a few dates with Joe. You're texting Joe, okay? You've been talking to Joe for like three weeks. Things have been going pretty good. But you can't help it. When you fall asleep at night, you just need to fall asleep to like a fake, happy, lovey scenario in your brain. You like, you want to fall asleep and picture like cute, fun dates you're going to go on in the future. That's fine. But you're not, you're not putting Joe in those scenarios. You're instead thinking of your fake future boyfriend. Let's call him Sam. Okay. So when you're going to sleep at night or when you want to like daydream about your, you know, your dream love life, it's not with Joe. It's not with Joe right now. Not until that becomes a reality. It's with Sam. Okay. 
And by doing that, you are going to be able to create this healthy barrier between fantasy and reality. So that way, when you're thinking of Joe, you're only focusing on what you know to be true. You're only focusing on the reality at hand. If you want to fantasize, if you want to daydream, all those things are very healthy. All those things are fine. But you're doing that with Sam, not with Joe. Make sense? Okay. Again, I don't know if that is like a therapist would recommend, if that is like what is completely healthy, but like I just found that it's been working for me. So maybe try it out. Give it a try. Let me know if it works. Um, I think that's going to do it for my relationship and just relationship advice, relationship conversation, conversation about guys. I feel like we covered a lot of groundwork. Um, and honestly, it helps me like getting a lot of these things out of my head. Because like I said, I've been thinking about them a lot lately. I've been talking to them or talking about them with some friends. And so now putting into the podcast, I feel like it helps. And hopefully it helps you or like, I don't know, maybe you feel less alone or something positive comes out of this. And if not, it's okay. No hard feelings. Um, but yeah, if you want like more relationship episodes like this, you know I'm going to be down to do them in the future. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and a great week ahead of you. And as always, thanks for listening. Bye.